This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Good morning, everyone. It's time for what will be our second to last show of the year. Uh, here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7. And 100.1 FM, 1200 AM, 1440 AM. And uh, yeah, is we're getting down to the crunch time. State playoffs are already underway. And at least on the spring side of things. And so we got a lot to talk about because a lot of Section 3 teams are moving on in these state tournaments across a lot of these sports. I mean, we got baseball, softball, boys and girls lacrosse, all these teams uh, in Section 3 are having great success so far in the state tournament. So we got a yeah. whole lot of stuff to get through uh, and not a lot of time to do it. So let's start with, I, I guess, the sport with the, with the greatest success uh, in so far in terms of state championships this spring, and that's girls lacrosse. All four Section 3 champions are moving on to the state semis. All yeah. four of them. And so let's start off with uh, Class A. Uh, the finals this year will be returning to SUNY Cortland uh, for girls lacrosse this year. So not only that, Section 3 is hosting uh, the state championships for girls lacrosse this year. Uh, and uh, we start with Baldwinsville and uh, Baldwinsville High School in Class A, otherwise known as C.W. Baker High School. Um are moving on. They took on Corning Painted Post on Saturday, a 9 a.m. face-off down at Ithaca High School. Um, and they won pretty handedly, 23-14 to over Section 4's Corning Painted Post. And this game was no contest. Literally, it was no contest at all. Um, Baker, uh, Bowensville just went on and completely dominated this game. Uh, they will take on... Uh, the winner of Section 6 is Clarence and Section 5 is Rush Henrietta in the semis this coming Saturday, June 10th, uh, at 9 a.m. Uh, down at SUNY Cortland's Redfield in the state semis, which is their football field. So what do you think? Does Baldwinsville have a chance? Because if they win that one, if they win the state semis, they'll play the next day in the state championship game against either Section 1 Suffern, Section 8's Massapequa, or Section 11's Northport. So who do you think, uh, do you think Bowensville has a chance to win the final in Class uh, I definitely think they do. You just look at the amount of talent on that roster. Uh, you have Carly Desimone, who, against Courting Painted Post, had 12 points. Mia Pazzi had 13 points. And just five total players had at least three goals, so... They can score at well, and Corning Painted Post is a good team, and it's tough because it's an out-of-section matchup. It's a team you don't see a lot, so um, or at all through the season, so you don't really have any prior knowledge of the team, and they just dominated them. It really wasn't even close, so just looking at that team and how they have managed to adapt to challenges throughout the year, and I just think they haven't, they didn't lose a single game in their section. Their only losses have come to out-of-section teams, and they've dealt with that adversity in the regular season. It's not a team where they might get surprised, be looking ahead, and suddenly a team just comes out of nowhere and shocks them. 
So yeah, I definitely think Baldwinsville has a very good shot of winning uh, the state playoffs here. It just looks like everything's coming together uh, together for the bees. Yeah, and, and and you're absolutely right in all aspects. Is that everything is seem seeming to go right for Baldwinsville so far? I would keep an eye though on the East Region because Section One Suffern beat Section Two Shenandoah twelve to nine. I think Suffern is one of those teams that could challenge Baldwinsville for the state crown if somehow they chance to meet in the championship game. Down in Section One, they know lacrosse like the back of their hand. Yeah, Suffern is definitely the biggest threat to Beeville, I'd say. Yeah, um, and, and don't don't get me wrong, Massapequa and Northport, those two schools are also something to be considered. But if I'm looking at perhaps the biggest obstacle to Bowensville capturing a state title, it's Section 1 Suffern, yeah. hands down. So on to Class B, and uh, FM, uh, Fayetteville Manlius had a great regional against Section 4 Horseheads, winning that one 19-5. to mm-hmm. I mean, Again, just like the Class A game when we talk about with Bowensville, this one wasn't even close from the get-go. Uh, they'll face Section 5's Victor, a team that I believe FM did play earlier this year, if um, I remember correctly, or no? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think they Yeah, I think they played each other earlier this year. Um, so they'll get a rematch in the state semis. Uh, that game will also take place on um, SUNY Cortland's Redfield. And if they win that one, <clears throat> they'll take on... Uh, Queensbury, either Queensbury, who beat Section One's John Jay, uh, down in the East Region, East Regionals, or Section Eight's Garden City, or Section 11's West Hampton Beach. Mm-hmm. So, again, does FM have the talent? First of all, to beat Victor, and then if they make it to the championship game, do they have the talent to either beat Queensbury, Garden City, or West Hampton Beach? Now, this, I think, is a lot closer than uh, Class A, where you look at some of the teams that Victor has played. So Victor didn't end up actually playing FM, but they did play a bunch of uh, Section 3 teams. Mm -hmm. We saw them play against Beeville, who they did beat. They beat the Bees. And they also beat West Genesee, one of the best teams in Class B. They beat Skinny Atlas, and they beat CNS. So 4-0 against Section 3 teams. It's going to be a really tough matchup for the Hornets here. But, I mean, it comes down to, if you're looking at just the best player on FM, Ava Angelo, uh, she's had eight games of at least six goals this season. So uh, her and Juliana Cagliandro, if they can combine and uh, just play their A game, I think they can beat Victor. But I definitely say Victor's the favorite here heading into the state semifinals where they just look like an unstoppable machine at this point. But again, I do think FM has a shot here. It just comes down to, I think they have to be playing their best game here rather than uh, like Beville, where they might be a team that doesn't have to play their best game to win. Right. And FM, they got themselves a handful. I mean, as you said, Victor is 4-0 against Section 3 teams this year. And, you know, they haven't played FM yet, so they don't know FM's style. But I would have to say... You know, I, I guess that's really an advantage for FM because, you know, Victor hasn't played them, so they don't know. Yeah. Um, do I see FM pulling a shocker and beating Victor to get to the final? No. I think, as you said, Victor has been just absolutely brilliant this year uh, in Section 5. 
the bad, and, and this is where the bad thing happens for FM. You get to play a tough opponent in the semis uh, against a team that's just flat out dominated yeah. Section 3 all year. Um, so that's the bad luck of the draw there. Um, I think it's going to be a tight one, though. I think the Hornets can find a way to battle back, maybe pull off the upset, maybe. But I think Victor's just got way too much talent, and I think Victor's going to be a handful for yeah. the Hornets. Victor's only loss this season was a 10-9 to non-league loss against Darien, a team from Connecticut. So they really haven't had much trouble beating teams this season. Mm-hmm. On the Class C now, what we find funny is that in the Class C bracket, they put Fulton in at Section uh, section 10, not Section 3. I find that very funny. Um, so if you're listening, members uh, of the New York State Public High School Athletic Association's website, you might want to make that change. Um, Fulton represents Section 3, beat Section 10's Canton 20-7 to in the sub-regional and then had to battle Johnson City. Now, I don't have the final score uh, from that regional, but we do know that Fulton did win. Yeah, Fulton ended up winning by eight. I think the final score was 13-5. to five. Okay, so, yeah. over Section 4's Johnson City. So they'll either face number six, Section 6 Grand Island or Section 5's Hanoi Falls Lima. We don't have a result there. But if they make it that far, they'll face either Section 2's Burnt Hills Boston Boston Lake, I think. Mm-hmm. Section two, section one's Tappan Zay, uh, and then either section eight's Manhasset or section 11's Bayport Blue Point. So, that being said, Fulton, um, they had to play an extra game just to get to this point. Yep. Um, will that be a factor? Because essentially you're playing now, because they played two games in two days, mm-hmm. essentially, because the regionals were, I think, earlier this week. And then they had to go down to Ithaca to play uh, Johnson City. So are they essentially going to be so tired out heading into the state semising on Saturday that they might not have enough to make it pass into the final? I think that that definitely could have an impact on their play, especially Fulton is a really young team. A lot of their best players are underclassmen, and that could definitely play an impact just mentally the challenge there as well as physically, but um, I think that it's definitely a really good team, and I don't think they're going to win it all this year. I don't think it's in the cards for them, Mm -hmm. just with the tougher schedule than everyone else has had, and and they've performed great throughout this playoff run, but I think think next year is their year. So, um, and I had said that going into the sectional final, and I was wrong there, so maybe they can prove me wrong again, (laughs) but... I'm not sure if Fulton is going to uh, make it to the finals. If I had to guess, I'd say that they can make it to the finals because I think that they beat the winner of the Section 5, Section 6 game. But I think once they get to the championship and play a team like Manhasset, I don't know if they can win that game. Yeah. So I'll say they lose in the uh, state championship. Well, and, and and as you said, this was an unexpected run for Fulton. Yeah. I mean, nobody expected them to to win the Section Three crown, let alone make it this far in the state tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think they're actually going to fall in the semis. I think just having played two games in over the course of three days, and then having to go down to SUNY Corland and play essentially either a great Grand Island team or a great Hanoi Falls Lima team, I think that's just going to be too much. Yep. 
I think Fulton's going to fall in the semis. But I have to admit, you know, as you said, they're a young team. They got great things going for them. You know, and as you said, this year might not be their year. Next year might. Because with all those underclassmen that played this year, that's a ton of depth heading into next season for Fulton. This is going to be a dangerous team in Class C next year. Not only in Section 3, but I think in the state as well. Mm -hmm. So, not this year, Fulton, maybe next year. On to Class D, and uh, Skating Atlas also had to play in a sub-regional. They took on Section 10 Salmon River, wiped the floor with them, beat them 14-3. to Played in the regionals against Section 4's Whitney Point, wiped the floor with them 17-7. to They're now in the state semis. They will face Section 5's Palmyra Macedon in the state semis uh, on Saturday at SUNY Cortland's Red Field. Um, and if they win that one, they'll take on either Section 1's Bronxville, Section 8's Cold Spring Harbor, or Section 11's Center Mancha Moriches in the championship game. Skinny Atlas by far has really impressed me this year. Yeah. It turns the girls lacrosse. The question is, do they have the edge to win the to win the state title? They're I, going up against a pretty good Palmyra Macedon team out of Section Five in the semis, and if they get by that, who knows who they're going to face in the out of the East Region? So that being said, does Skinny Atlas have the talent? I think they do have the talent. You look at their team just as a roster. Catherine Morrissey is an elite player, as well as Julia O'Connor. And then the thing that really strikes me about how talented this team is is their depth in goalie, where I think uh, Rachel Kane is one of the best goalies in probably all of Section 3, and she has an argument for one of the best in Class D throughout the state. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say that Skinny Atlas has the edge over a lot of these teams uh, heading into the state semifinals. I think they definitely beat Palmyra Macedon, even though that's a good opponent. I think Bronxville from Section 1 is going to be their toughest opponent here, but... Um, I'd have to take them winning the state championship this year. I think, uh, like I said about Bevel, the cards are just playing right. And even though they didn't have an extra game there, I still will take Skinny Ellis to win it all. Yeah. I, I, I By far, the Lakers, have, as I said, they've impressed me so far. And again, playing two games in over the course of two, three days, that takes a number on you. But Skinny Atlas, unlike Fulton, has a really experienced team. they They've done this before. Um, yeah, it's a bummer that you have to play an extra game. But that being said, if you have talent, I mean, the way they won those games, I mean, they beat Salmon River by 11, beat Whitney Point by 10. I mean, that's just a great run so far. Now, granted, they'll probably run into a brick wall in Palmyra Macedon, but I I have a great, I, I have a great feeling that Skinny Alice is going to win the Section 3 tournament. When I mean section three, the state tournament, and just you know, I, I don't think they're going to flat out dominant. I think Palmyra Macedon's going to put up a great fight, and then, but I think the Lakers are going to pull it out. I think this is their year to win the state title. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> it's been leading up to this for a while. Yeah, so. I think total uh, since all four made it, all four made it to at least the state semis out of section three. I think two are going to make it to the final, and I think two are going to win state titles. Mm-hmm. By the time all this ends this weekend, yep. So, go, uh, go all four teams. Go Skating Atlas. Go Fulton. Uh, go FM, and go Baldwinsville. Because at this rate, we're rooting for you. 
Mm-hmm. So good luck in the state championships this yeah. weekend. So when we come back, we will talk with Thomas Woodridge out of Fayetteville Manlius Baseball. He's going to talk a little bit of baseball with us. This is that time of year. I mean, it's summer now. The sunshine's out. Mm-hmm. The weather's getting warmer. It's baseball season, everybody. So we'll be talking baseball when we come back here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1 FM. And we're now joined by Thomas Woodbridge out of Fayetteville, Manly as a sophomore, only a sophomore on the FM baseball team. So welcome to the show, Thomas. How How's you doing? Good. Good. All right. So let's talk. Let's talk baseball. I mean, Fayetteville, Manly is this year. I mean, what can I say? Um, had a great year this year, won the Section 3 title against uh, a very good West Genesee baseball team uh, in the in the double-A final. So let's talk about your season as a whole. You batted 28 out of 72 this year uh, with 13 RBIs on the year, scored 25 runs, um, walked 10 times. So you're definitely a patient hitter, only struck, uh, only struck out 13 times and stole two bases. Um, so how did you feel you did this year on an individual level after all those stats I read? How did you feel you did this year? Uh, I felt like I, I definitely did better than I played last year. Last year wasn't as good of a year for me as I would have hoped it wanted to. But I, I put in a lot of work this off season to come out and try to do what I did this year, and I, I think I did all right this year. Yeah, and looking at how your team has done throughout the playoffs, you – we're heading into the playoffs. FM was as the number five seed, only had a six and twelve record, but then you end up upsetting a couple teams and you ended up winning sectionals. So, uh, what changed between the regular season and the playoffs that led to this deep playoff run? I think we just, as a team, we just started to get more focused. We all started to click in right at the same time, and we put in a lot of more work and practice, and it just it paid off. So let's let's talk about this season as a whole because as we all know, even in high school baseball, uh, baseball is a pretty long season. Um, played a, played a ton of games. Um, this was a this was a year as as we said, uh, the team finished with a losing record this year. Played a lot of good opponents, um, but then you started basically entering into the playoffs. You beat Liverpool nine five, beat Proctor five four. And then beat Cicero North Syracuse eight to five. How did it feel going into that section three final against West Genesee, knowing that essentially win and you move on to the state tournament and a chance to continue your season, or lose and your season's done? Uh, you know, I think as a team, we were going into that game. We all thought we were going to win. There mm-hmm. was no doubt in our mind we weren't going to win because we were on a roll, and we just we had a good feeling about it. Yeah, and so. Uh, just looking throughout the playoff run, um, you have gone against some pretty tough competition. Uh, in your opinion, who's the toughest pitcher that you've had to go up against uh, on the other teams? I think Zaccaro out of CNS and uh, West Jenny pitcher Ryan Klumtowski. He's they're they're both really solid pitchers. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and you and you went three for five in that uh, section three championship game, scoring two runs with three singles plus driving in a run. Um, and then against Saratoga Springs, okay, <clears throat> FM beat Saratoga Springs in the in the West Regional, uh, ten to two. Uh, which again, very surprising because I thought Saratoga Springs had a pretty good year. Um, but you went two for four in that game, driven in a run, a single, and a double. Uh, also scored in a run as well. How w- when you when you do scouting reports against these teams, you, you know if, if you do do scouting reports, I don't know if you do or not. But when you're when you're looking at opposing pitchers, what's the one thing you look for? Is there like a certain pitch that they like to throw that you know that you can hit it, or is it just you know you just go up to the batter's box and say, let's just see what happens? Uh, my personal plan, I. I was expecting kind of a little more fastballs because I had the two, I had James Mason and Chris Holcraft behind me. I thought they were going to try to pitch around them a little bit. So I was going up there looking for fastballs, and I, I hit a couple of fastballs. I hit them hard, but a couple of them got caught too. So, mm-hmm. And so outside of just FM, uh, are there any other teams or baseball training programs that you're a part of uh, just on the offseason? Uh, yeah, my, my dad coaches Syracuse Sports Zone. It's one of the biggest organizations in this area mm-hmm. uh, I, we play out we play all summer I travel all over the place for it and there's eight other guys including me or not including me on the team that play for sports zone yeah so we're all kind of used to playing against teams that we've never played before in Saratoga Springs so mm-hmm. so in the state semifinal uh, this Saturday uh, you'll be heading down to Binghamton University to uh, uh, SUNY Binghamton to take on Section 9's Pine Bush uh, in the semis. How will it feel going down to Binghamton and playing, you know, and essentially this is a big environment now. Now you're in the state tournament. You know, and you're going up against a really good uh, Pine Bush team who beat uh, Section 1's Ketchum 8-5 to five, uh, in, in their regional. So going up against a pretty good Pine Bush squad, um, is there going to be a ton of butterflies once you step out on the field at Binghamton University? Because as far as I know, Binghamton's got a great campus and a great baseball stadium. Yeah, they, they definitely do. But uh, I think there probably will be a couple, definitely a little bit. But in the past games, there hasn't been, so I'm hoping I, I can keep it in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and just looking at you yourself, you're one of the better sophomores in the section uh, have you been receiving any attention from college coaches? I know it's early in your high school career, but uh, have you been getting any of that attention? Uh, you know, I have a little bit. I've just trying to look for a place that, that I can play and I can fit in. You know, mm-hmm. I can go and play at right away. Yeah. So is there any particular school? I mean, I, again, you're a sophomore, so really shouldn't really be thinking about this. But are there any schools in particular that you would love to play college baseball at? I don't. I don't think there's really a one singular school yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to narrow it down. But I mean, like again, what I said, I'm just trying to look for a place that I can play at. Okay, so that be, so that being said, your ideal dream school would be which one? I think everybody's ideal dream school is like Tennessee or Vanderbilt. Yeah, there you the, go. The top five. Mm-hmm. Those are the elite programs. Yeah, especially in college baseball, it's always down there in the south. They seem to do really well. Um, but if you had to choose, okay, so if you had to choose between Tennessee and Vanderbilt, just those two schools, 
Which one would you rather go to? I think after this season's success, I'd choose Tennessee. Ah, there you yeah, go. They, they, yeah. were, they dominated this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Yep, and, and they're in the College World Series is still going on right now, so to speak. So that being said, let's close off this segment here with a little bit of quick-fire questions. So, you know, answer the best of your ability. Some might have to do with sports. Some might not. You never know. In fact, a lot of these might not have to do with sports at all. So... Let's start off with uh, if you have a pregame meal, what's what's your favorite pregame meal if you have one? I usually eat a, a big protein bar before the game. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Uh, favorite pregame song you listen to? Song called oh, what's it called? Never for Darkness Settles In by Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, there you go. Yep. There you go. That's always a good one. Uh, favorite movie if you have one. Since we're in the summer blockbuster season probably, right now in terms of films. Probably Top Gun 1, but I haven't seen the Top first Gun 2 Top yet. Gun. I haven't seen Top Gun 2 yet, so ah. it, it might change. Just mm. as good as the first one. Yeah, they definitely do a lot to make that series go together. Yeah, t- to be honest, I wasn't a fan of the Top Gun movies, so yeah. wow. ne- never was a fan. Amazing. Um, let's see what else we got. Favorite color? Green. Green? FM, <laughs> Figure. FM you, green. Wear, you wear FM green. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite baseball player of all time? Derek Jeter. Jeter? Yeah, of course. That's, that's the why captain. I wear number two. The captain. Yeah. So by that logic, are you a Yankees fan? I am. Yeah. Ah, of course you are. <laughs> Great follow-up right there, Ryan. Great follow-up. Go Yankees. Um, and speaking of which, the Yankees are doing great right now. 22 yeah. games above 500. Um, let's see what else. Any quick fire ones you've yeah, got? Uh, any teammate that pushes you the most? I think a teammate that pushes me the most is, I mean, all the guys I work out with, they, yeah, Mike Dutch, Sam Cuss, Seth Albert, a bunch of those other guys, they all go in, work out with me, and they push me to do my best. And a favorite coach that you have, if there's one? Uh, that would be my dad. He he coaches me every day. I mm-hmm. hit with him all the time, field with him all the time. He's taught me pretty much everything I know. Yeah. Okay, now speaking of which, we, Father's Day is two weeks away. And is there anything, because honestly, you probably won't be on the air with us. Most likely you won't be on the air with us again because we only got one more show left. But if you have any message to say to your father right now, what would it be? Thank you for all you've done for me. Yeah. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's spent a lot of time working with me and my sisters, getting us to be the best baseball player we can be and even person we can be. Nice. So, Thomas uh, Woodridge, thank you so much for joining on the show. Good luck. Good luck this Saturday against Section 9 Pine Bush at Binghamton University. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. I mean, hey, you're only a sophomore, so we might have you on again in a future show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Good luck, Thomas. Have a thank good you. one. We'll be right back with more Players Only present Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors, a show about high school sports by high school students, Sunday mornings 8 to 9, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students, presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1 FM. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcasts or just go to ESPNSyracuse.com. 
uh, and look for players only. So that being said, we are now going to be talking to Carly Desimone from Bowensville Girls Lacrosse. How you doing, Carly? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great as well. Uh, so let's get right down to it. I mean, we talked a little bit about Bowensville making it into the state tournament. Um, and again, beating Corning Painted Post 23-14 to 14, So in the state regional. So how do you feel right now? Are you excited you're heading, heading down to SUNY Cortland this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited. And I know that my team is very excited because last year, I mean, there wasn't really the opportunity to be able to compete for a state championship. And we worked really hard since, like, literally the day after sectionals ended last year. So, I mean, we're just, like, really excited, and all of our hard work is paying off, and it's also, like, fun. I mean. Yeah, and uh, you're not the only uh, lacrosse team from Baldwinsville to be making a deep playoff run. Uh, looking at both the boys and girls team, is there any competition there between the two teams? I mean, we definitely, like, really support each other. And, I mean, I think we're both trying to see who can make it to the state championship. I think we both really have uh, a great chance at doing it. And I think it'd be really cool if we both make it because that just shows how evil lacrosse is great. Now, looking at your team season as a whole, only two losses uh on the year, both against non-Section 3 teams, losing to Pittsburgh Sutherland 6-4 and then losing to Victor 16-8. to Out of all the season so far, I mean, minus those two losses, uh, which which teams uh, have given, you know, essentially not only you yourself as an individual but also as the team as a whole, who has given, who's given you the most struggle this year? So, I mean... Those Rochester teams were good. I mean, I think we definitely could have played better against them, especially um, Pittsburgh. I think that was like the day of prom, and everyone was a little distracted, I think. (laughs) And we not come out hot. And, I mean, that was like a really low-scoring game. I mean, I would say we also played Brighton, which is out of Rochester, which we beat by five. We were beating them by, like, a ton, but started off slow. And then... We, we ended up, like, they almost ended up, like, catching up because they put in a bunch in the end. Um, I mean, there's not really, like, teams that we've played that aren't that strong. It's just our capability to put the ball on the back of the net because, like, Corning was a great team yesterday, but having the drop possession, like, our draw girls are great and the girls on the circle. So just being able to have the ball and being able to put it away, I mean, if you look at most of our games, they're, like, really high-scoring games, majority of them. So I think it's just our team's, like, fast break and ability to move the ball really quickly is what's helped us, like, get ahead to every team, despite their skill level. Yeah, and uh, your team did have a really tough out-of-section schedule with four good non-section opponents in the regular season. Has playing those opponents uh, helped you get ready for the state playoffs because you're playing teams that you haven't seen before uh, rather than like the in-section teams that you see a lot every year? Yeah, I think it's definitely helped us with like adjustments and stuff because we play the same teams like, you know, the Liverpool, CNS, West Jenny, FM continuously. So we already know going into the game, like who to watch out for and stuff like that. 
Whereas, like, the Rochester teams, we know some people, but not really much depth on the team. So I think it's really helped us learn while we're playing to, like, adjust and, like, figure out, like, what we need to do, like, what slides we need to make, like, what we need to do on the jar, like, on the draw. So I think it's really helped us to learn to make, like, quick adjustments and, like, pick up on things. So you yourself as an individual, I'm just looking at your individual stats this year, 64 goals, 44 assists this year, um, which is really impressive uh, by far. I mean, that's almost like Tawaraton Award level. Uh, if you're playing college lacrosse, that's that's amazing in of itself. Um, so how did you feel like, have you improved so much? Because you, you joined this team as a sophomore last year. You only scored 37 goals, 8 assists last year. Have you felt like you have improved, or is there still a lot more work that needs to be done heading into your senior year? So, I mean, obviously, everyone can always keep improving, so that's what I help. But definitely, so my my role on the team is a lot different this year. So last year, I actually had to play midfield, and I've always played attack, like for like all the teams I've played for, and like gotten asked to play for, like, USA, whenever I go to Syracuse camp, like, I always play attack. So, last year, we really needed midfielders, and there was only, like, four sophomores that made it, and two of us ended up playing midfield because we had some good senior attackers. So, I mean, by, I guess, like, this year, I was just, like, a little bit more comfortable and was able to, like, work on feeding the ball and having the opportunity to take more shots and, like, more risks, and I definitely built a lot of confidence from last year i mean playing attack my favorite thing is always like working with people and the cape and like being able to drive and like dump it to people so that's really helps with like getting assists and the middies that i have they're always great at cutting and like timing their cuts so it's like really helps with the assisting part and then shooting i mean i've always liked to shoot but i think i've gained the confidence that like if i need to help my team out i just need to go to goal yeah, and uh, looking at how well you've played, you've actually committed to Syracuse to play lacrosse. Um, how early did they show interest in you? Because at, as Matt mentioned earlier, you only started as a sophomore and only started varsity as a sophomore. And then also in that same vein, uh, why did you end up choosing Syracuse? So um, on September 1st is when everything kind of blew up, like my at, right at midnight was when all the like phone calls and text messages came in. Kayla Trainer, um, she texted me like I think like literally like right at midnight, maybe a couple minutes after, and she was like, "I know your phone is definitely getting like blown up right now. You want to talk at like nine tomorrow morning?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And I like so Syracuse has always been like my favorite. Like if you ask any of my friends or anyone in the community, everyone knows I, like, bleed orange. <laughs> Since, like, fifth grade, I've always gone to the camps. Like, all the players I've developed relationships with. I've known all of the coaches for a really long time. Like, Gary Gate taught me so much. And then, like, I was always in the dome at every game, and I just always felt, like, comfortable. So then I took, like, official visits to Notre Dame, uh, Florida, like UVA and like JMU and like I also checked out Northwestern after September 1st because those I had narrowed it down like beforehand 
And I loved all the campuses, but that feeling kind of of, like, being far away in, like, the plane ride and driving the car, I think, was really, like, the breaking point. Because I do, like, I am very close with my family, and I have younger siblings. So I also, like, at Syracuse, it just, I felt, like, comfortable, and it felt like a second home already. So I knew it would be, like, easier for me to, like, adapt to college. I'm so glad you decided to go to Syracuse. <laughs> Um, you know, as, uh, as you said, I was a, uh, hardcore Syracuse fan, especially on the lacrosse side, although for me, it was the men's team, um, yeah. in particular, but I, I know Gary Gate was a great coach on the women's team. Um, and now, he, now he's coaching the men and you got yourself a great head coach coming in, in, uh, in trainer. So, um, I, I think you're going to do well at Syracuse. I really think you are. Um, you're going to be in, in great shape. So let's let's talk. Um, let's do again, just like what we did before with uh, Thomas earlier in the show. Let's let's ask you some quick fire questions here. Um, and again, we're going to start off with a favorite pregame meal if you have one. Um, I'm not really picky, but I definitely like because we always have team dinners. Would probably say like pasta, just like straight like pasta. Yep, nothing wrong with pasta. Nothing wrong. Um, let's see, uh, favorite movie? Probably, um, Happy Gilmore by Adam Sandler. Mm, that's always like a good one. <laughs> um, favorite pregame music you listen to? Um, I don't know, I really like rap, but our one team plays I'm a B before, like, right when we get off the bus, that's. Because it literally says, like, I'm a B because I'm a B. So, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's, like, I always, like, listen to that song before, like, every game. There you go. Cool spirit. Yeah. Uh, favorite color? I'm going to have to go with orange. Thank you. <laughs> it is, it, which is nice because I'll be getting to wear less of orange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Since Since summer is coming up. Favorite summer vacation destination? Well, unfortunately, with the amount of lacrosse I play, I don't really have time for that. But um, <laughs> I would say, so every year I play in like Placid, so I consider that my little mini vacation. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm like getting mini vacations when I'm in like New Jersey and Maryland and all that stuff because I still have a lot of lacrosse this summer. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, so if you had to choose an ideal vacation spot. I would probably say just like Disney. There you go. Nothing beats a trip. Now, where would you go? Disney World or Disneyland? Um, probably, which one's in Florida? Disney, Disney, Disney World. World. Yeah, then probably Disney World. Yep. <laughs> I said something I've too. So I've got that one, too. All right, and uh, finally, last real quick, um, as as we mentioned, Father's Day is uh, two weeks from now. Um, so, anything anything special you want to say about your dad? Well, my dad is like the one that like put a lacrosse stick in, in my hand. So he's really helped me to like he like he's the person that like helps me get me to where I am, and. He's coached me since I was four, and then we did all the Beatles stuff. He's the one paying for all my tournaments and driving eight hours to Maryland and everything. So 
I really just appreciate him and, like, love him so much because he works so hard at his job to be able to pay for, like, all this stuff because it's expensive. And it, and he is constantly figuring out and, like, taking off work to be able to drive me. And he's really helped me reach my goals and, like, always helped to push me to become better and help, like, strengthen my mindset. So, Yeah. That, I mean, without without your dad, none of this would be possible. Yeah, he also made me a lefty, so I'm thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> he made you a lefty? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's a lefty, and he uh, played at Ferry. Um, I mean, well, come on. In lacrosse, you got to use both hands. Yeah. yeah. yeah you well, got... he helped me dominantly lefty. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, Carly Desimone, thank you so much for joining the show today, and... Uh, um, good luck the rest of the way in the state tournament, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, take care, Carly. Have a good one. Thank you, you too. Bye. Bye. We'll be right back to wrap up today's edition of Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors, coming up next here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. And we're back to close out the final segment of Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1. And uh, so let's wrap up here. Let's talk a little bit of baseball. Only three teams, only three uh, section three teams are moving on. To the state final, uh, to in the state tournament. With we'll first start off with Double A, we had uh, Thomas Woodridge on the show earlier today, and his FM squad took care of business. As we mentioned, they beat uh, Section Two Saratoga Springs ten to two in the regionals back on June fourth, and so to uh, this Saturday they will play Section Nine's Pine Bush, uh, who beat Section One's Ketchum eight to five, and if they win that one. They'll face the winner of either Section 8 Massapequa or Section 5's McQuay Jesuit. Uh, McQuay Jesuit beat Orchard Park 13-1. to Massapequa beat Section 11's Comac 2-1. to So, that being said, does FM have the talent to make it through to the final? I mean, they'll, they'll have a tough one with Section 9's Pinebush. I actually think that Pinebush will be the one game where I think that they should win or have a good chance to win. But looking at both uh, Massapequa and McQuaid Jesuit, those are two really good teams mm-hmm. right there on the other side of the bracket. Especially Massapequa, the Chiefs are twenty-two and two on the year. That's going to be a really tough matchup for them. And Pinebush is no slouch either; they're eighteen and four. So, and it's really overall just when you get down to the state semifinals, all the teams are really good. But. Um, I do think FM will definitely be able to make it to the championship. I would take them over Pine Bush, but that Massapequa game is going to be really tough because I think that that will end up being the championship matchup. Yeah. Um, that's going to be um, more fun than a barrel of monkeys down in the bottom half of that bracket. <laughs> um, so we'll find out. I think FM's got enough talent to at least make it to the final. And, and, and as like you said, I think the state championship game, that's going to be a tough one. Um, but who knows? You never know. I think it does uh, kind of come down to who's pitching for the Hornets because Max Danaher, he's their ace, and he 
is yeah. as a cannon for an arm. I so would, yeah, I would rather have if, if he's if pitching. Can, then I think they definitely yeah. have a good shot. Well, here's the thing, though. I don't, I don't think they would have him pitch in the state semi. I think they go with their yeah, number two he, pitcher. He just pitched six innings against uh, right. Saratoga Springs. So, so yeah, most likely he will have to sit out. Uh, at least in terms of a pitching standpoint, he'll yeah. have to sit out uh, the state semi. Yeah. Um, but if FM does make it to the final, then yeah, I'd put him on the bump. Yeah. I would for the final. On to Class B now, um, and West Hill, Section 3's West Hill did <laughs> had a scary regional game against Section 4's Oneonta, winning that one 10-9, to but they managed to hold on and win that one. Now they'll take on Section 2's Schuylerville, um, uh, Schuylerville, I should say, who beat Section 7's Peru 7-3. Uh, and if they win that one, they'll take on either Section 9's Spack and Kill or Section 5's Palmyra Macedon. Spack and Kill beat Center Moriches of Section 11 1-0. Palmyra Macedon crushed Section 6's Medina 11-1. So, West Hill survived a scare in the regional. Can they get by Schuylerville? I'm going to give pretty much the same answer I gave to FM, which is I do think they beat Shilerville, but on the other side of the bracket, it's another two really good teams. Spack and Kill is 23-2, and two, but they're the underdog in their game against Palmyra Macedon, where uh, the Palmyra Macedon Red Raiders are 24-0 and 0 on the season. Uh, they have uh, multiple players hitting above... 400 on the season so that's going to be a really tough matchup i think i'll take west hill losing in the championship even though i think that they definitely have the talent to win it all i can't see it happening against such a dominant team but i mean west hill has played great especially mikey madigan really just playing fantastically against uh the team that they beat in oneonta so i i do think that um West Hall is a shot, but I just can't see them winning it all this year. Yeah, I called the Class B Section 3 final yep. on Memorial Day. Uh, and Madigan was on the mound. And boy, I mean, he was he was pitching so good uh, in that game. Um, and, uh, you know, West Hill had to, like, survive a scare. I, I think what's really going to be a problem for West Hill is their starting pitching is fantastic. It's the bullpen yeah. that really needs some work, the relief pitching. Because they were up 5-1 against Casanova in the Section 3 final. But Casanova scored three runs in the in the bottom, in the the top of the seventh inning and made it a, a, a closer game than people thought. I mean, really, this game wasn't even close. Yeah. But West Hill, you know, by virtue of their relief pitching, allowed three runs to score, two of which... We're on pass balls. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I think West Hill's looking a little shaky heading into the state semis. So, and, and by virtue of that 10-9 win over Oneonta, I don't, I don't think they can do it. I mean, they got to have really good, strong starting pitching <clears throat> if they're going to win this one, but their relief pitching, is it's got to step up. It's a bit shaky, but I do think they can pull through that. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah. Um, on to Class C, which is uh, the third and last Section 3 representative still alive. Um, A and D, unfortunately, uh, did not make it past the regionals. Two good games right there. Oh, yeah. 
Cor- Cortland in particular on the A side. Losing I, extra innings was oh, tough. That was that that Avril was Avril Park is a really good team. Though. Avril Park was a great team. And Cortland gave everything they had. Yeah. And it was just it was a bummer they had to lose in in extras on that day. Also, it was, it was on the same field where they won the Class A Section Three title. Yep. At OCC. Um, <clears throat> but on to Class C, Adirondack of Section Three. Um, winning their regional game two one against section four Lansing, not bad. When you when you think about that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, they will take on section two's Chatham uh, down in Binghamton uh, this Saturday. They actually are in the nightcap at Binghamton University. That's that's going to be kind of fun playing underneath the lights. Um, Chatham, by the way, beat section 10's Norwood Norfolk six nothing. So Chatham is a pretty good team. Uh, if they manage to win that, they'll take on either Section 9's Chester or Section 6's Portville. Chester beat Port Jefferson out of Section 11, 3-0. Section 6 Portville beat Section 5's Oakfield, Alabama. Or we heard that name before, at least on the state football side of things. 3-2. Uh, to two. So, <clears throat> does Adirondack have what it takes to get by Chatham? I don't know. Chatham's really good, 20-0 and on the season. But, you know, I doubted Adirondack for so long in the sectional playoffs, so I will take Adirondack to actually win it all here. I think oh. they upset Chatham, and it comes down to them versus Portville of Section 6, and I think they beat Portville, even though both teams have way better records than them. I think Adirondack is a really good team with just some great chemistry along, among all their players. Jake Cowrie, Colin White, a really good team, and I will take the Wildcats to win it all. I think that... Just the way that they're playing, they are on a roll, and I'll take the Wildcats. Wow. <clears throat> so going with the underdog yeah. on that one. So uh, good luck to everybody playing in state championships. We are essentially out of time. Uh, for Thomas Woodridge and, and Carly Desimone, for my co-host Ryan Story, I'm Matt Slocum wishing you a great rest of your sat, uh, of your Sunday. We'll talk to you again two weeks from now since I will be out of town next week. Uh, No show next week. So hopefully we'll talk to you again two weeks from now here on Players Only presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1.